Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. I am so excited today. Mike McPio, the head coach of the University of California, Riverside, and who I've known for about three years now. He was David Patrick's associate head coach there uh, and took over for David when he went to Arkansas a year ago. And uh, just an incredible young coach and uh, is doing an amazing job and really was, uh, you know, the Joe Hall uh, coach of the year for the best first year coach in college basketball, his rookie year at UC Riverside. So I think you're really going to enjoy Mike. He, he's he's incredibly disciplined and honest. He's had great mentors in Kyle Smith and David Patrick, and I, I think you're going to enjoy it as much as I did talking to him. Uh, and he's a very very special coach. So after this timeout, we're going to come back with Mike Mike Pio. I'm so excited to announce our new partner, Instat. Instat is a powerful web-based platform which enables you to store, edit, and share video linked to statistics. Their video database contains over 30,000 player profiles and nearly 7,000 team profiles. Thousands of basketball games from all over the world are uploaded daily, with many of them filmed exclusively by Instat. Instat's user-friendly interface is very intuitive. The flexible filtering system will fit the needs of coaches at all levels. You can sort through specific play types, locations on the court, lineups, and various other parameters. The Instat system contains multiple tools that clients from all over the world utilize for scouting, recruiting, coaching and player development, video editing, and tagging. They also take an individual approach to each client. The wide network of Instat account representatives allow Instat to best serve their clients 24-7. Also, Instat production specialists will provide you with a quick and precise breakdowns of your team and opponents in less than 10 hours. Need a certain game ready sooner? Instat gives you the ability to prioritize the specific games you want the data for first. Instat also provides free individual player access. So feel free to invite your players to the Instat platform so they can access their page, follow their performance, scout opponents, and share clips with other players and coaches. After each game, they can receive an individual one-page PDF report and video clips with all box score statistics. For more details, please visit our official website, instatsport.com forward slash basketball and apply for a free one month trial using code coaching you live again that code is coaching you live contact eric stang at eric.stang at instatsport.com for more information on this offer as well and that's e-r-i-c period s-t-a-n-g at I-N-S-T-A-T sport.com or click the link in our show notes. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach Brendan Sir, and I am so thrilled today. Mike, Mike Pio, okay, the head coach of the University of California, Riverside, a dear friend, is our guest today. Michael, welcome, my friend. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Coach Sir. This is this is definitely an honor. Well, you know, uh, we got to know each other when you were David Patrick's assistant uh, when he took the job at UC Riverside. Uh, love David as you do, and uh, you know, and I was thinking about it 
this morning, a year and a half ago, almost to the day, uh, uh-huh. you took over as the head coach, you know, not knowing yeah. what your future was going to be. How how difficult was that transition for you? Well, first of all, I obviously I owe Coach Patrick everything um, for setting me up, setting the table, um, handing this thing off to me. I still remember him taking me to your uh, your event in Vegas the very first time, and he and he paid for me to go. He's like, "You got to go to Coach Scher's thing," and I, I we had that was an awesome star studded lineup. That was Coach Spolstra, who's like one of my idols now, actually become a friend. Sure, um, you had Doc Rivers and so on and so forth. Um, but anyways, I, I learned a ton at that but uh, event. Um, probably a lot of that helped me when I got the job July 1st, a uh, year and a half ago. Um, but nothing could have prepared me for the, the whole, you know, the COVID situation and also dealing with the, our athletic department being under uh, review by the university and all that. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, uh, it was a crazy time. I, for the first three months I coached via zoom. Uh, we weren't, the UCs were very, especially UC Riverside was very, very uh, cautious and we didn't get our guys back until October 1st. So um, where I was very lucky was that when coach Patrick left, he left me a full cupboard. Uh, so I had the culture had already been built. Um, we had a hundred percent retention. We were able to retain all of our players um, and a hundred percent retention of the staff. So it was the, the continuity of the staff continued. Um, and that was super helpful last year. You know, uh, I, I say to coaches that coach during the COVID period, uh, hopefully they'll never have anything like it. Uh, this, <laughs> you know, as we're going into our second, you know, go round of it. Right. Uh, you know, you guys, I remember actually telling uh, Coach DP um, literally that, hey, your conference just canceled its uh, Big West tournament. And he says, no, we're right. here. We're going to play. And I said, I just saw it on TV. They just canceled. I mean, that was right. back in uh, March 10, 11, 12 of, uh, you know, and we never knew what was going to happen. Uh, you didn't get to start to October 1. Uh, you have a good yeah. roster coming back. As a young coach, what's the first thing you have to do to, to basically let those guys know, you know, they knew you as an assistant, but now with those 18 yeah. inches, you move over to become exactly. the head coach. What was that like? Well, I, I gained a little bit of confidence the summer before because Coach Patrick wanted to go coach the World Championships with Australia. Correct. And um, the team, uh, basically, I was with, with the other assistants, but I was I was helping run the program without without the head coach for four weeks of the summer. And that just gave me confidence that, okay, I could run the program, get the guys organized, and, and keep the program running. Um but obviously, you know, when, when Coach Patrick left, it was very emotional. And when you're as good a, uh, I guess you call it recruiter as Coach Patrick, as good a coach as Coach Patrick, of course these guys had excellent relationships with him. So it was very, very emotional when he let everybody know. Um, so I knew that the first time meeting with these guys, um, I had to put together, and this is just who I am. I was a former business um, businessman. Um, just I put together a great presentation Um and it was it was a PowerPoint presentation, but just kind of talked about like what it meant for it wasn't just me moving eighteen inches. Like I think the whole message, the theme was everybody's moving up one step, including the players, every single guy on staff. And that was kind of my my the theme of my message. And what I, I showed pictures of um, 
the guys, the predecessors of Eric. So I had Pat Riley, I had Doug Collins, and I had uh, Todd Licklider up because my three idols are Phil Jackson, Brad Stevens, and Spolstra. And I asked them, like, do you guys know who this is? And some of them knew some, some of them didn't know any of them. I was like, these were the guys before Eric Spolstra became a head coach. Phil Jackson became a head coach, and Brad Stevens became a head coach. So that was that was kind of the message. And I just told them who I was going to be. And they knew a little bit, but I said, as a head coach, nobody's going to work harder than to make this opportunity count um, for them. And that was really my opening message in front of them on October 1st. Um, I was very purposeful with that uh, and try to nail it down like I would a speech. Uh, I, I thought it was the most important speech in my, my coaching career, and I had to deliver a message, and it had to be a really uh, great message. So when you, when you take over for someone, and this is natural, um, did, you, did you continue with the same style of play? And put your own personality in. Did you what? What things did you change for yourself that you wanted to do, which is I think yep. important to do. Uh, you know. So what? How did you? How did you go about that? Yeah, you know what I. I think to keep them comfortable. What I initially I said, listen, not a lot is going to change. Um, the practices are going to be very similar. It's going to be mm-hmm. a seamless transition. Um, I wanted to do that for myself, probably uh, knowing, you know, Coach Patrick and I come from a very similar coaching tree. Yep. Um, so when even when we came together, like we had the very similar visions on how we wanted to run. I believed in everything he wanted to run. You know, it's like sure. very um, rare. I think we're like, it was just like everything Coach Patrick said. I was like, yep, yep, check, check, check. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, so I wanted everything to continue seamlessly with the way we run the program, the way we, that we track statistics, the way that we utilize those. Um but of course, as time went on and during that COVID time, my staff and myself, based on our personnel, I think the one thing that changed was our offense. So we, we just adjusted the offense to who we had, to our personnel. Um, and that's probably where we made the biggest jump last year. But everything else defensively, rebounding, um, many of the drills, most of the drills, uh, I kept the same. And then, of course, my personality started to show itself in certain things. And, and, you know, Coach Patrick let me coach a lot when I was an assistant under him, which is the – I'm so thankful because I grew a ton in those two years under coach. And DP – we'll call him David Patrick. DP would always be like, go, go, Magpie, go. Like, he wanted me to coach. He was always pushing me to to kind of be aggressive. Um, so I didn't kind of – I didn't – I didn't skip a skip a step there. Like I didn't skip a beat there. I was I was right. What I was trying to find was the next magpie, the next assistant that I could say, "You go this time." So I went because what I learned from it was DP was saving his coaching voice, so he wasn't always the bad cop. You know, he was letting us coach, and yep. um, and so what the next step was to find who was going to fill that gap for me. But um, yeah, you know, defensively and rebounding, a lot of the same uh, mentality, the same themes, the same schemes. Um, and then I think last year offensively was we just kind of changed things up to to fit our personnel. Mike, one of the things when you're at a mid-major, uh, you know, it, it, we have that wonderful thing at uh, Riverside. Uh, you know, you're probably the only program in the university that can go out and command a guarantee, correct? Yeah. And yes. so w- one of the fun things that they have you do is go play what quote unquote guarantee games and, <laughs> right. and uh, which, you know, you, you know, it's like you're selling your soul, you know, to, to get a yeah. game for your, for your school. And one of the hardest things then last year uh, was all of a sudden now, because there were going to be no fans in this most arenas, yep. the guarantees were going to significantly change. Even if 
yeah. you had a signed contract. I had two signed yes. contracts at Stetson for $100,000 and from Texas, uh, from, and I had 90000 from UCLA. And, right. and our administrator said, you're not going to California. And Texas right. said, we're not paying you that money. And so right. all of a sudden it changed. Uh, so how'd you survive last year? We we took what came whenever we could. So we had some guaranteed games canceled, and those are, that's huge for our program. That's right. how we function: is we have to raise money. People always go like, "Oh, you're you're playing a tough schedule." <laughs> People don't understand the way it works. Like, yeah, honestly, I choose not to if I didn't have to. You know, yeah. I remember when I the very first minute I walked into Kyle Smith's office when he he didn't know me and I was trying to get a job with him at Columbia and he said two most important things to run in a program you don't know this you're young you don't or I wasn't that young, I was 30 but he, he's like you don't know this you've never been in college basketball like recruiting number one and scheduling number two um <laughs> and so I understood that and I learned all of my scheduling tactics from Kyle Smith who, who learned it at St. Mary's and Randy Bennett and those are two of the best schedulers around I, I truly believe but um you know we took them on the whim so Washington University of Washington offered us we lost a guarantee game in Fresno State that dropped out and they basically 48 hours before they're like we have a spot do you want it and it was at a hat 50 percent discount it was last year the COVID discount was about 50 percent so as opposed to getting like 100 grand you're getting 50 grand and so we took it um and then another one showed up later in the year that was USC um so we just took what we could when we we can and it kind of balanced itself out because there was no recruiting there was no official visits in your budget um so you were you were saving on your recruiting budget and you were saving you only we only played last year 14 and 8 so we only played 22 games as opposed to a normal 32 game schedule um so that you were definitely saving money and yeah we were just we were just out there (laughs) selling our soul as you say trying to find them anywhere we could and Two popped up in, in Washington and USC. So now, uh, and I remember, did you play Washington in Vegas or no? We did. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I remember when game. that happened, and I, uh, like most of us in basketball around the world last year, I saw the score of that game, and then I had to go check on another thing and another <laughs> thing and said, no way, no way they beat them. It made sure it wasn't the women's game and stuff. <laughs> that is one. That was the greatest win in the university's history, correct? I would think so. Yeah, I mean, at the time, I think... I, just because it was a Pac-12 win. Sure. I mean, now, the, the, the year before, Coach Patrick had the legendary around the guarantee games. He beat, um, <laughs> we beat, but with, under Coach Patrick's leadership, we beat Nebraska. Um, for a guarantee game, we beat Fresno State, and we beat San Jose State. Three guarantee games. So it was just kind of yeah. – um, Fortune, but yes, like Washington at the time uh, would would I would say just being a Pac-12 school, sure. um, it was a big it was a big win for UC Riverside. Trust me, I was just as shocked by the score, you know. But I was blacked out in my first game. I was just coaching every possession, you know, as you can imagine. My first head coach job, coaching every possession, um, still do. I mean, this, <laughs> every possession matters more than anything. And uh, but yeah, you know, I the, the joke is the first three games, Washington, Northern Arizona, Denver, we got a got out to double digit leads and I didn't have to do much. <laughs> like we were up in Washington double digits early and kind of kept the lead and, and they, I think they cut it to eight in the second half a little bit, but we just kept scoring against our zone and we we, we do, were really lucky that we had some shooters um, at the five position that were they were drilling the that that high post shot that they're trying to give up. We were, we just kept making it and uh, <laughs> we, we kept the scoreboard ticking and um, kept our lead. You know, I, I th- now this year you had 
what I thought you made Sports Center in a huge way when when you you set up the play of the year. <clears throat> yeah, the play of the year when uh, when you beat Arizona State on the road uh, and on a I I think they said it was a sixty six foot shot. Hell, sure. it was it was it was so damn far at an angle that's impossible, and your kid turns, throws it, and swishes it. And yeah. I, I think if you did that a hundred times, you could never do that again. That kind of shot at that angle. But you know, tell, tell first of all, I want you to tell how that play happened and how many times they kind of like. Uh, yeah. Almost gave you a, a chance. It reminded me of the 1960 Olympics with Russia USA, <laughs> when they Russia. kept giving the Russians <laughs> another chance. Uh, tell me, tell me, tell us that. We'll take a, uh, would, we'll take a commercial. I'm sure after this. Coach yeah. Hurley thinks of it like that. Yes. But, um, <laughs> you know, they they it was a close game, and one of those games where you're kind of at peace because we played well, and we, we our whole one of our whole themes is like give yourself a chance to win in the last four under, under the uh, four minute media, mm-hmm. be in a position to win the game. That's kind of what we're always striving to, to, to be in that position. And so we were in that position against ASU. Um, and uh, you know what they, we, we had a wide open three to go up and it didn't uh, with about 20 uh, some seconds, didn't make it. They come down and they make a two to go up two with uh, one point. Was it 1.7? I forgot now. 1.7 on the clock. Um, now I was actually proud of our guys because I we, we talk about this if that ever happened I was out of timeouts like take Ooh. your time to get the ball in yeah we were out of timeouts and so our point guard who takes the ball out in our in our one play it's called Brady it's our long now don't get the, the play that's the play it, it, that's the play call but it wasn't we don't want him to catch it seventy feet away We're supposed <laughs> to try to catch it at half court but um, our point guard Zion Pullen took his time let it bounce let everybody get to their spots. And he grabbed it, and when he threw the first one in, they started the clock. Um, I don't know if Coach Hurley had the same story, but that is that is what <laughs> happened if you watch the film. So they called it dead. We got the ball in, kind of shot a half-court shot, but they had already called it dead. So they go back, they put the 1.7, and they give it to us again, and we now have the play set up. And we throw it in, but they start the clock again. No way. So, And this one, we threw it out of bounds. <laughs> so this Coach Hurley's losing his mind. He's like, what is going on? And the ref's saying, it's your scorekeeper. She keeps start- or he or she keeps starting the clock. So we got a third opportunity. And the third opportunity, um, one of their guys, uh, DP would call it a rat, like the, the, when you gamble on a, full, on a pass. And, and he kind of gave JP a chance to spin. JP Mormon, the guy who made the shot. A chance to spin and and you're right because he shoots that shot all the time in practice he has not made it since he's made that yeah. shot yeah <laughs> uh, 70 66 footer but um, if, if the defender stays between him and the basket the no kid chance. doesn't even get the shot off no it, chance right no chance and the guy goes no for the steal for no reason yeah. and misses yes. giving him a clear look at the basket uh yes. And, yes. and you know they they have a thing where they can uh, tell you uh, based on the number of media outlets that actually put that on and how many people saw it, it probably brought UCR about 10 or $20 million in free advertising over the wow. next 24 hours, you know, just because you got wow. shown every in every media thing you possibly could. Sports Center showed it every day for a whole – it's incredible, and that's the power of playing a game like that and having a win like that. It's just fabulous. 
Michael, after this quick timeout, we're going to come back and talk about where you guys are right now and how you're coping with our new Omicron wave. We'll be right back. Yes. Thanks, Coach. Coaches, are you looking to take your game preparation to the next level? Then Fast Model Sports is the perfect coaching software for you. With FastDraw, build an organized library of plays and drills and create professional playbooks to share with your players and staff. You can also download over 9,500 free plays and drills from our play bank directly to your FastDraw account. Looking for a better way to build your scouting reports and want to include video? With FastScout, build custom scouting report templates to prepare your team best for each individual opponent. Plus, did you know with the latest updates from Fast Model Sports, you can now include video with your FastScout reports and share with your coaches and staff all within the FastScout mobile app. The combination of Fast Draw and Fast Scout is by far the best way for you and your coaches to create winning game strategies and effectively communicate them to your team. Over 10,000 high school and youth coaches trust Fast Model Sports products to help their teams reach their goals. To order, go to FastModelSports.com. Use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any Fast Draw or Fast Scout products. Remember, Go to FastModelSports.com, use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any Fast Draw and Fast Scout products. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that into Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. We're back with Mike McPio. Mike, uh, the biggest thing you had the ability to learn from, you know, a couple of great coaches, and I think that's important now, uh, you know, to develop. My whole development as a coach was the people that I worked for. Uh, You couldn't get better training. I was just so blessed to ever, you know, uh, from every phase of the thing, but talk about uh, you know when you went, you got a chance to go to college and you went to Columbia. Talk about Kyle Smith, who we did you know who we did an interview with a year ago. We just love him, and uh, talk about him and and the break he gave you when you went to Columbia. Yeah, I mean, I I, I owe I owe Coach Smith a lot. He gave him my first shot 
in, in college basketball. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't play college basketball. wasn't good enough. Um, and I started coaching at a young age and I was coaching high school basketball before I sent an email, uh, to, to Kyle and he had just gotten a job at Columbia and, um, he, uh, taught me everything I know. And he actually created the discipline in me as well. You know, that the, the first four years, I kind of take that. I, I worked for Kyle for four years at Columbia. And um, first off, he built that into a winning program mm -hmm. in a place that was very, very, very hard to win. Um, but I feel like that was my playing experience. And, you know, within nine months, I was promoted to assistant. And, um, you know, another uh, another year later, I was, I, was, I was second assistant. And that staff that Coach Smith had to start was Carlin Hartman, who's, who was recent, most, he's now at UNLV, but most recently at Oklahoma. Uh, Kobe Altman who is now the general manager of the Cavs. Um, he left and Todd Golden came in and, and he's the head coach of the University of San Francisco. So Kyle, great hire, <laughs> great, great hire, but just taught me everything and, and put it all on my plate. So I was director of operations and I learned everything about how to run a program from one of the guys I think who runs, who understands how to run a basketball program, the college basketball program as, as well as anybody. And I think he learned it from Randy Bennett, who understands how to run a college basketball program as good as anybody. Um, so, yeah, just to start. Well, talk about Kyle in that, you know, as a head coach at the Ivy Leagues, which, you know, no athletic scholarships and stuff and yeah. academics through the roof, uh, only eight schools, you know, tr you know, we're talking Harvard, Yale, Brown, Princeton, Penn, just fabulous places. Um, yes. What's the hardest thing? You know, we have Tommy Amaker who's just crushing sure. it there and, uh, you know, at, at Harvard. But what's the hardest part about the Ivies? Well, I think that, uh, you know, when we got there, Coach Smith, you know, we, 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 we he had to learn as well and we had to figure out the lay of the land. But after a while, you start to figure out pretty quickly that it goes like Harvard. I mean, we'll say, I mean, no particular order, but let's say Harvard, Princeton, Yale, and Penn are top four, no mm -hmm. matter what. Right. Um, and one of the things that, as Coach Smith started to figure it out, uh, he started to say, "Go where they ain't," um, and, and that that was, that just meant for us recruiting wise, like go where they ain't. So we started pulling from instead of just banging our heads against the wall. And we had to do our jobs, and very similar to your side, like, "Well, I have to do my job here in Southern California." Um, doesn't mean I'm going to get players in Southern California and be able to beat Irvine, Santa Barbara, Long Beach State for those players, but I have to do my job and know them, just like. At Columbia, we had to know the prep schools in the Northeast, right? You have to, and, mm -hmm. and you may find a player or two, and we did. But what he, he he said, go where they ain't. So we went to Germany, we went to Canada, um, we went to Orlando, Florida. You know, we went, and, and then we pulled from California, where he had relationships. Um, so that was a really big big part of how he built that program. And then he stuck to, you know, he's a, I think he's an excellent evaluator, um, and he sticks to what he wants. And Coach Smith loves shooters. Um, guys who can dribble past you. And I think a lot of people say that, but he really sticks to that. You know, it, it's really, um, he used to call it a, a five tool player, six tool player, even it was dribble, drive, pass, shoot, defend and rebound. But, and then we'd rank them based on those, those, those ratings. So, um, but it was go where they ain't. I felt like that was, that was how we found success. And so we had a player of the year from Germany. Um, we had a starting point guard from Canada. Um, we had another starting player from Orlando, Florida, um, so we really spread, and then we had a starting center from from San Diego, California. Um, so you have to cast a wide net to find to to, to build a team. Do you, uh, do you? What about style play? You know, because again, 
four great teams in that conference. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, how did he, did, did he know how he wanted to play or did he figure it out once he got in that league? We came in in that first year, and again, I didn't know anything. I was just a sponge learning. And sure. he we ran, he ran a lot, and he was the offensive coordinator at St. Mary's, so he brought a lot of St. Mary's stuff in. And, you know, we didn't – and it was just four out, uh, a lot of dribble drive um, principles and then some, some sets and whatnot. But he found that it didn't work for us. And he was – the great thing about Coach Smith, he was willing to adjust. Um, and so we started running a lot of Princeton stuff. Hmm. Uh, because it fit our personnel over the, in, in year three, year four, and then he continued with that year five, year six after I left. But they continued to have success with this because it fit his personnel. And um, I think that's when they re- we really made it the big jump and, and it is kind of adjusting the offense to what fit. And that's where I guess my love for the Princeton offense and using, utilizing your skilled bigs, um, which I still do today, um, came from is, is Kyle I think that's one of the really key things in coaching is that, you know, you have to have philosophy, but it's more important. Someone says, to, and I'll ask you the question, uh, but rather than give you the answer that I gave, uh, do you have a system or a style of play? Yeah, you know, that, that, that I would say I feel like system kind of goes into to our whole program. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know it's, I think it's easier to have a defensive system, okay. but I think style of play um, it would be the way I would I would define our offense. Yeah, that's how I did with my thing too. Because um, I think if you have a growth mindset, which you have, you're always learning, uh, and and you're always a, a, have to be adaptable nowadays more than ever in college coaching. I think uh, you have to figure out, and with players coming and going, uh, you have to figure out you know, how to play as opposed to every, we're going to run this style no matter who's here. We're going to run the Chicago Bulls triangle no matter who the hell we have on our team. You know, (laughs) you know, uh, I think it's important that you say, these are things I like. And you know what? When I was over in Germany scouting, I saw this kid run this, this team run this thing, and I really liked what they did, you know, and yep. be open-minded enough to learn that way. I think that's a key thing now in coaching uh, and developing a style of play. Yeah, no, I agree. I think if, if somebody was asked to, was to ask me what is our style of play, I'm like, sure, we got, like, it's different motions, different actions, but our style of play is we try to play a collective style of basketball. Mm-hmm. Now, that's who we have. You know, now if you gave me a guy that could score, like I, I would figure out some <laughs> isolation spaces to play through him. You know, so it, it really is. Is but we definitely play a collective style of basketball where all five guys are are have responsibilities in all the actions at all times, and 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 we like that style. I think that fits. It also fits my defensive, um, our defensive schemes as well. That everybody has responsibility at all times. Now this is one. Our listener, now, we have listeners all over the country and, you know, in different parts of Europe and Australia and Canada that are listening, but they don't know where Bowie's Creek, North Carolina is. But I, <laughs> but I worked at Campbell University, Campbell, their camp when I was in college, okay? Right. Uh, that one time they had the, be- the very best camp with 800 yes. kids a week there, okay? Explain for a kid from Santa Barbara, California, the most yeah. beautiful place out. You know, San Diego and Santa Barbara, are the most beautiful places I think in California. Uh, tell how you ended up the hell in you know beautiful Bowie's Creek. Creek. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, it's so funny because I'll tell you about culture shock. I was moving from Columbia, New York City, the Upper West Side, to oh. Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. That was the biggest culture shock I've ever experienced in my life. Sure. Um, to go from that hustle and bustle and the attitude and the energy of New York City to, like, slow, slow down. The, honking is a language in New York City. I could be at, like, a red light. It could go green and red twice, and the person behind me won't honk. Like, that. that that's a difference like, in North Carolina. But I – um. You know, Kevin McGeehan became the head coach at Campbell, and I had met him at Final Fours, which is a lot of a lot of what young coaches do. You try to meet people at the convention when you go to the Final Fours. And um, Kyle Smith, and there, there's a connection of University of Richmond. Basically, Chris Mooney and Kyle Smith, they were best friends, very close friends. They had worked together at Air Force under Joe Scott uh, wow. for a year, like 10 years before. And so there was a lot of connections. That's why we hired Kevin Hubby at Columbia, who's now back. He was associate coach for Todd Golden. Now he's back at Richmond. Um, we had Carlin Hartman because of it was all because of Chris Mooney and Cosmet. So when Kevin McGee got the job at Campbell, um, he offered me a position, and for me it was an opportunity to expand my coaching tree. You know, I didn't have a coaching tree. My only coaching tree was Coach Smith, Kyle Smith, and Kyle, Kyle was very honest. He was like, "You need leverage to get promotions." You know, Kyle is one of the smartest um, guys hmm. in basketball, and, and then he's like, "And I, I needed to. You need to be going to every clinic, Mike. You need to be learning everything." And so. I thought it was a great opportunity for me, number one, to, to prove that I could coach scholarship guys because in the Ivy League, I was kind of getting sure. uh, a little bit pigeonholed, just like academic guy, and one of the few Asian coaches in the country, assistants, whatever. And so I wanted to prove that I could coach outside of that world. And so Coach McGeehan offered me an opportunity, and, and he's as good a recruiter as anybody. He picked me up at the airport, and, and um, you know, he pulled me, away, pulled me away from Kyle, which I love being at Kyle, but it was definitely out of my comfort zone, and I, and it was the best thing that happened to me. I grew even more, you know, um, at Campbell in those three years I was there and learned how to build a, another winning program, which was they were not winning no. um, when, when we got there, and then we were lucky enough to get a kid named Chris Clemens, um, who, who's uh, is actually on the Hawks right now, yep. a little 5'9 guard, and um <laughs> that helped. That yeah, helped. no, that, make, those guys make you better coaches. <laughs> After this timeout, we're going to talk with Mike about the different things that he's doing with UC Riverside and how he's going to cope with this season as one of the teams that's in the top half of the league. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Brendan Sir. I'm talking to coaches, PE teachers, ADs, and camp directors because I'm so excited to announce our newest Coaching You podcast partnership with my friends from 360 Hoops. What if I told you that I've witnessed the most innovative game, training, and exercise for kids that I've seen in decades? 360 Hoops takes up less space than traditional basketball and allows for more players to get involved in developing their basketball fundamentals. The three-sided basket is attached to wheels for easy transportation and can adjust from 7 to 10 feet. The uses are endless, from elementary and middle school recess to physical education class that can also be used for team practice and skill development training for teams with players of all ages. For more information, visit www.play360hoops.com. To learn more about this new innovative product, make sure you mention Coaching You for a 10% discount. Mike, we talked about, uh, and I think this is intriguing, you're one of maybe one of two or 
however many, maybe we have more, or you were the first, you know, Asian coach, Asian American coach in college basketball. Is that correct? I would say Coach Walters was the first. Rex, I, I, I think, yeah, because he's half. He's half, sure. but, but I'm first full, uh, full Asian descent, and now we have a second, um, and Jace Coburn at Portland State, who's yeah. who's half. Um, yes, yes, it's a. Uh, it's pretty cool, and, and I really didn't realize it until July 1st when I got the job. You know, it's funny. Uh, I drafted Rex Walters with the New Jersey Nets. No way. And, yep, and I coached him. Wow. And then I had his uh, son, uh, Junior, as uh, okay. my um, uh, you know student assistant when I was at Stetson the last couple of years. So, oh, cool. and, and it's really great, and he's a dear friend, and uh and and his mom is a is a great gal and uh and so you know but you know you know Rex is uh Rex is incredible you also ran a fabulous fabulous clinic and you had one of my dear friends Eric Spolstra as a guest talk yeah. about that too i think this is so great for the growth of coaches um well first of all he's been an idol of mine and and uh at the the last final four that we had together um, as coaches at a convention was in Minneapolis, yep. right? And uh, you know, at that time, you know, I started the Asian Coaches Association at I'd give Kobe Altman and Kyle Smith, who were both on staff at Columbia in 2012. And they were members of the Jewish Coaches Association, Association, and they encouraged me to start this Asian Coaches Association. At first, they were saying Filipino Coaches Association, and the joke was there was only two of us, me and Coach <laughs> Bolstra. Because Kyle would introduce me at camps as the second best Filipino coach in the world. Oh, wow. Um, just as a joke. just because. So we said, okay, fine, let's start the Asian Coaches Association. In 2012, we had 13 people show up. And over the years, it grew, and we started getting sponsors. And, and an open bar helped. That was kind of the genius. That was my smartest decision is to have an open bar and invite everybody so that the very few 10 to 20 Asian coaches, we'd have more people to network with. And over over the years, you know, I'd always look at where it was and see if Coach Bolsha just happened to be playing the NBA team in town. Well, that year in 2019, they happened to be playing the Timberwolves. Remember and that. I didn't even have his number. I uh, I think Kyle got me his uh, agent's or assistant's number, and, and I was just talking to the assistant. And then finally the day uh, I was just begging him, could Coach Bolsha just come talk to our group for 10 minutes? And the day of – the coach Spolstra hit me and he said, all right, I'm in. We have usually during my pregame talk, but I'll come real quick. So he came and it was the first time I ever met him and he spoke to our group and this was in person. And so since that time in 2019, over the last two years, we've kind of um, built a relationship. And then when I got the head coach job, he was, he sent me, a, I got a random text from a Florida number and it just happened to be coach Spolstra. <laughs> and he just said, represent really proud of you. Um, so we've kind of talked and talked more and more. And then this summer, we, you know, we started the Asian Coaches Zoom series. And um, he came on and he uh, – <laughs> the funny thing about Coach Bolstra, he spent it before he did the clinic. He talked to me for an hour asking me questions. And I'm like, why are you – he's asking me, how do you, well, how do you do this on offense? Or how do you do this on – he's trying to learn from me. And I'm, I just wanted to learn from him. But it was really cool. He, he came and he talked about their um, their pinch stuff, you know, all the stuff out of the, the, the pinch uh, that they play with Bam at a bio. Um, and it was really cool because we call our pinch series Miami because we, we stole a lot from them. So it was an That's honor awesome. to have them. And I, our, we, that was the biggest Asian coaches uh, Zoom clinic we've ever had. We had, uh, I think, like 500 people from all over the world. It's fabulous. Just fabulous. Yeah, Eric's, uh, he's a very proud faculty member of coaching you. And um, anytime he comes and speaks for us, 
we have a guaranteed sellout because he is such a great teacher and the most humble champion. And I text him the day he was named, uh, you know, an Olympic assistant to Steve Kerr. That's right. And uh, I said, you're going to enjoy it so much. And he said, I hope I enjoy it as much as you did with Chuck. And I said, uh, well, you don't have as good of players as we're gonna ha- we had. But, you know, <laughs> That's right. But, but he, he hit, this is Eric, who Eric Spolster is. He hit me back 20 minutes after I sent him a text. That, yeah. You know, he's, he's a special, special guy. But those are the people that, you know, are great influences. You Talk about David Patrick. We haven't spoken about David. Uh, you know, talk about yeah. what he's done. You know, because everyone I've ever worked for as an assistant, I walked away saying, well, I know, I know so much now. You know, I, I left UB Brown and Mike Fratello and went with Chuck Daly, and I said, they hired me because of my defensive stuff that I knew with Chuck with those guys sure. and within six months i was like reborn chuck daly i mean like right. oh, I, I, and it happened so amazingly talk about david yeah you know i i, I learned i had learned most of everything i knew from kyle smith now kyle sure. and david patrick were together and came from the saint mary's yep. um world uh, coaching tree but what dp obviously completely different human than kyle um both great people but coach patrick i mean he he is so talented, and and Kyle had told me that because Kyle's the one who got me the job with David Patrick. He's like, you're about to. He's like, I work with, you know, Lamont Smith, uh, David Patrick, Fizdale. He's like, and, and you know, he was naming all these guys that Coach yeah. Smith had worked with. He's like, David Patrick's more talented than all of them. So I was so excited when Coach Patrick hired me here at UC Riverside. Um, first off, he is, he'll come across as the nicest <laughs> human in the world, and he is great with relationships, and everybody loves DP, but we're what he got that is no different than coach Smith and probably from coach Bennett is that he is all about accountability. Mm-hmm. So David Patrick will hold you, hold you and hold, hold the players accountable. Um, he'll do, he'll do an excellent job recruiting. That's no surprise. He has great relationships. He can recruit anybody to any, <laughs> I mean, I remember when they sent me to Australia, the, um, Liam Simmons, who was one of our assistants and Ben Simmons' brother, he's like, "Hey, listen, when you go to Australia, you're you you are the big dog because of David Patrick. Like, you are the big dog walking to Australia recruiting, just to remind me like how how big a presence David Patrick was. But where he is excellent, he is all about accountability. Start behind the line, touch the line every time, face the same way every time, all that stuff. And mm-hmm. then he's very poised. You know, he just just calm, poised." Um, and then positive, you know, he, he, he motivates in a positive, positive way. So, and then he's very, you know, just to take it to another level where he's excellent, just in the world of college basketball, the politics of it, he's very, very strategic, understands it better, just as good as anybody. Um, and understand that's part of the game, you know, is that you really got to understand the landscape of coaches and every level, high major, mid major, and who's helping who. And, and, and I mean, he just, I learned so much. I could write a book on, on what, what DP um, taught me um, on the court and off the court. Well, you know, uh, we share the same thing. Uh, you know, um, I'm his mentor. He's yours. And so I think it's it's really cool when you have – I think we all need this. And this is for our listeners. No matter how good you are, everyone needs a best friend uh, sure. to, to, to kind of share – things that you can't share with even people on your staff. And I, and yes. I, and I think it, it's a really important thing to have to bounce something off of 
And the person is such a dear friend and loves you so much that he'll say, you're wrong. Don't do yes. that. Don't do that. You know, that, that, you know, and, and I, and I, and I think that is one of the biggest things I've picked up in this game is I have a lot of mentors that people that I turn to, I provided for others, but I encourage every coach out there. They're free. All you have to do is invest back in them and say thank you. <laughs> you know, and, and no, he'd and, always be on the treadmill. So he'd have his <laughs> session early morning treadmill talking to you, and then he'd come to the staff meeting with his coach, sir, basically mentor ideas. And then now, yes, he is the guy that I call. You know, yeah, him and Coach Smith and and um, Todd Golden a little bit. You know, those just those are my my mentors, I guess. And the there was supposed to be secrets. He was never supposed to release that. No, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, listen, as as you're finishing up, uh, you're halfway through this year and you're starting conference play, what do you think about your team and what, what, are, you, what are you trying to do this year and how are you going to go about it? You know, it's such – here we are again um, dealing with COVID and we just went on a pause and had to cancel four games and I thought we were on a very – we were in a really good rhythm. Yep. Um, and so, again – being able to adjust and we're, we just came out of it. We're in day three of practice and we play two games, our first two games of conference this weekend after canceling two conference games last week. So first of all, it's getting them through this and, and staying positive with it and being patient. Um, it's tricky because you're trying to be patient and go through the protocol of coming out of it, but you obviously want to attention to detail the way and prepare the right way. Um, so, but, but first of all, just get them out of it and to also, You'll give them some comfort. And guys, we did this last year. You know, we, we had a pause. We had to be agile. Um, I think that's the name of the game nowadays. I feel like that is my <laughs> number one job as a head coach to just make sure our guys have the right mentality to stay agile and, and the ability to be flexible through all these. Because I don't know. I hope we play Thursday, but that game could be canceled on Thursday. You know, it just doesn't. And But we went through it last year. So we had that. Now, to go to, after you get past that, with our team, first of all, we got to get back healthy. We still got guys that are kind of going through the protocol, but I think we have as good a shot as anybody um, in league uh, to compete to compete for it. I think we have size, um, and we'll continue to utilize that size. And that was, you know, again credit to Coach Patrick. We recruited to be able to compete with, and in the Big West, the Big West is big, so the teams that usually win it, Irvine and Santa Barbara, and even Hawaii when they won it, they were big. So we recruited big um, from the minute that. Uh, David Patrick got here, um, and we've continued to do the same. Um, so we'll utilize, utilize that size that really helps us defensively. Um, and that's kind of what we do is we really, really hold them accountable on the defensive end and rebounding. And currently we're 80th in the country um, defensively. Last year we were 50th. Um, we're 11th in the country defensive rebounding. And those are the two areas, defending and rebounding, that we really hold them accountable. That's probably what I, what I <laughs> yell at the most. And then we give them a framework of the offense, and we let them flow. Um, and that's kind of stuff I've read from Steve Kerr over the last five, five, seven years. Just, you know, that's where I hang our hat defensively rebounding, prepare the right way. And then offensively, there's always an emphasis on taking care of the ball, but I, I let him flow as long as it's in the framework of the offense. I love it. I love it. Mike, uh, you know, I'm so proud of you, man. And, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and just, you know, keep, keep that wonderful attitude and that positivity that you have. And, 
you've worked your ass off to get to this point and uh and you know and you're just beginning and that's the good thing and every day that you get to play nowadays be thankful right because you can only control the things that can happen and i think you know I, i think we went through a lot and i think we've learned a lot from that but uh you know, uh, any way we can ever help you coaching you, you know, we're always a phone call away from you and we think the world of you and we're so proud of you. Thanks coach. I really, really appreciate this. I, I feel like I'm the luckiest coach in the world already. And then to be on, I, I listen to your podcast every day on the treadmill. So my, my, my staff's cracking up saying they're going to, I'm going to listen to myself, but I, I, I'm the luckiest coach in the world already. And I'm the luckiest coach, uh, to be on your, uh, podcast. So thank you so much, coach. Mike, really appreciate it, and best of luck the rest of the year. Thank you. Incredible job by Mike. I I think, you know, he should be someone that's so encouraging to so many of the young coaches out there. Michael started as a high school coach for eight, nine years before he got a shot to, you know, move all the way from Santa Barbara to Columbia. Uh, Sometimes we have to make those sacrifices to, to move up in this business. Not that you have to move up from high school. Uh, but he loves basketball, and man, oh, man, uh, he has done one heck of a job. Terrific coach. You could see there, uh, incredibly articulate and dedicated to it, saying, I think you're really going to enjoy, you know, enjoyed this. And uh, I look forward to next week as we get back. And uh, until next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir. Brendan Sir.